All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, let's do this thing, guys. Wear the hat. I don't, I literally don't see it. Oh, her. I got you, I got you. What is, what is this? Is this special? Is this special for this yeah. segment? It is. It's the poetry hat. Yeah, we think we're just saying put a hat on for no reason. Yeah. You think we just, oh, I'm just do it just to do it, Emerson? Think this is some Johnny God. around session? God, grow up, man. What kind of show do you think this is? You're listening to DraftKings Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I know I look like I'm on a bachelorette party in Nashville, but I promise you I'm in the studios here in ah. Boston. So, so TGIF here, everyone. I don't, dude, I forgot to put my socks on or my shoes on, too. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, I wait know. a minute. All right, so we're getting ready to do the this Golik acrostic, our NFL preview that we've done around here for weeks now. Yeah. And we're very excited. We get a different thing for each letter of the Golik name. Yep. We get a poem that goes along with it. I have it. We've convinced Emerson during the break to wear Jesse's hat. Normally, yep. Jesse's here. It's poetry time. She wears the basic white girl hat. And now you've walked over here without shoes on have, or without socks on, Emerson? No, no, so I have my socks on. But they're the thick winter socks. So it's like I put these on. I was in a rush this morning. My shoes are off because these are thick enough to act as, like, shoes and keep my feet warm. And if I put my feet in shoes with these socks, again, in a rush, so these are the only socks I can find, my feet will get too moist and sweaty. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm completely with you. I have Thank socks you. like that as well, and I wear them alone all the time. Keep your keep the tootsies warm. That's yeah. a good move out of you. Thank so, you. All right. Oh, I will say yeah. is we need to make sure, uh, Tom, our producer, we need <laughs> to make sure that we clip that picture of Emerson showing off his feet. We had Jesse's feet make air last week on Twitter. We need to be an equal opportunity oh, wow. foot showing. Thank Mike you. Ryan over at the Lebitard show accused of us accused us of infringing on the Foot Girls franchise that wasn't <laughs> with Lucy Roden and Jessica Smetana. We were just trying to support their mission. So now we're going to even it out and get male feet out into the marketplace here mostly because I want to see if there's a viable uh, space for it so I can start my OnlyFans. Absolutely. I was oh. just going to say, if anyone here would like yes. to help me start my OnlyFans after That's this it. show, I'm totally That's down. It. Do I, it. I could use some Christmas cash. Okay, so here we go. Acrostic time. You guys ready? G yes. is for the Bills throwing Dak through a table. O 
is for Belichick saving his job if he's able. L is what my Jags can't take if they want to keep pace. I is for a team that should get back into the playoff race. And C is for if Mullins and Jet can put up more than three. And if you need advice on betting these games, definitely don't take it from me. All right, gentlemen, let's start with G. Get the, <laughs> get the tables, which, again, I'm married into a Buffalo family. Like, they are all very, very nervous about this Sunday afternoon hosting Dallas. We know Bill's Mafia. They're fired up for it already, cautiously optimistic. What do you think here, Gojo? Will the table-smashing fans be happy come, like, 8 o'clock Sunday night? I, I do think a union between Jags fans and Bills fans is kind of like perfect for my, some reason. My household was miserable for a very long time. And then the Bills became yeah. decent. The Jags are decent now. And we're less miserable together, my wife and I. I, I will say, as it pertains to this weekend, Dad, <laughs> my initial read on this is that I, I don't think it happens for Buffalo going into this weekend. They're absolutely capable because as long as Josh Allen is in Super Saiyan Josh mode, they can do pretty much anything. He's that big of a difference maker to use the Cam Newton parlance. He's a game changer. There is no doubting that for Josh Allen and what he's capable of in that offense. And if you look, weather looks like it's going to skew in what we think should be Buffalo's favor, right? 40s, kind of rainy, supposed to be a little bit on the colder side. We said that last year in the playoff game that they ended yeah, up losing yeah. to the Cincinnati Bengals. And so I hesitate to give them too much credit, but this Buffalo team's done a better job of living on the ground a little little bit my biggest concern is the fact that dad they needed a lot like a late game gaff that we're going to talk about for a long time by Kadarius Tony last week to beat a Kansas City Chiefs team that's getting by more on the reputation of their quarterback than they are the actual quality of their team this Dallas team right now is reaching their final form and I just think barring some sort of disaster from Dallas which is always possible this is too complete a football team for Buffalo to take down at this juncture I, I would agree, and I, I think the weather doesn't really favor Buffalo, in my opinion, at all. You know, it's December in Buffalo. Now, if I saw 20 degrees and flurries, I'd think differently. But the low is 43, the high is 49. There's a chance of rain. That's fine. That's, that's great football weather, quite honestly. So I don't really see an advantage either way uh, on that one. And if the Cowboys are susceptible, they're susceptible on the road. They're 7-0 and at home, and they're 3-3 yep. three and three on the road. But they're playing incredibly well right now, and that's tough to put. You can't put that aside. And Well, the Bills have lost five of their last eight. Uh, do the Bills have the ability playing their best to beat Dallas? Yes. Yes. But the Bills have been amazingly inconsistent this year. So it's difficult uh, for me to think that they can do it. Uh, Diggs, their, their wide receiver, uh, Stefan Diggs, is the record a reflection of our team? I don't think so, but it is the record. The only thing we can do <laughs> is win the next game, win the next play. And that's, that's the truth. They have been wildly inconsistent. Talent to win but I don't think they can against this Cowboy team that is just on fire right now. Well, I'd agree with him about the record point. Like with them and the Rams, they're not 500 football teams. They're better football right. teams than that. Yes. And that's what makes yes. them dangerous. But in this spot, like even the three and three row record, 
It's because two of those games were against the Eagles and the 49ers. Like, I, I hate when we do this too yeah. much with home and road splits because I want to know who you played. And outside of the, listen, the Cardinals loss, an abject disaster, no excuse for that. But losing to the 49ers and the Eagles on the road in this year's NFC and that Eagles game on the road, remember, they had a chance to win down the stretch. They the did. final two minutes of that yep. game were foobar. Yep. And anybody could have won that football game. So they were plays away from a season sweep of the Eagles. And that road record reflects that. So... I look at where they're at now, Dad. The thing that still concerns me, because I think the Bills are playing a lot better football, is one on the other side. It isn't Patrick Mahomes in the pips. This is Dak Prescott and a Cowboys offense that between right. Ferguson at tight end, C.D. Lamb. I know Brandon Cooks is a little bit sick this week. There might be a bug going around the Cowboys team right now. You've got that on one side, and on the other side, Josh Allen's still throwing an interception in nine straight games. Yes, he is. And you've got a Dallas Cowboys defense that especially with uh, – with, um, Rez- or not Razul Douglas um, – uh, Brand, uh, Bland. Yeah, Duran Bland, excuse me, on the other side, yeah. uh, is a machine of turning interceptions into touchdowns. So dangerous combinations. I would rock with the Dallas Cowboys on this one. Uh, I'd assume you're in the same boat. Yes, yes, I'm definitely with the Cowboys in this one. All right, perfect. Uh, let us get to uh, the O then here, uh, Emerson, okay. as we have got Bill Belichick, Moving on to Kansas City. Yeah, baby. Life has come full circle here for Bill Belichick and uh, the Patriots. Remember, though, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, now he's dodging questions about his future here in New England. And, yes, it sounds like he's on to Kansas City. Do you have an understanding that Robert will not ask you to be back next year? Yeah, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. Have you and Robert discussed your future beyond the season? Getting ready for Kansas City. Eight-point home I'm underdogs, amazed. baby. I'm amazed he never breaks character. Like, at never. this point especially, I figured at some point, like, you could sneak a laugh in there and everyone would kind of understand it. I am so looking forward to, um, if, if in fact it all falls into place, and we think it is, that he'll be done in New England, but he's going to coach somewhere else. We haven't ha- heard an introductory press conference from Bill Belichick for a couple of decades, Right. And so where he is right now, where he has progressed to in his post-game interviews, mostly all of his interviews, you know, so I would suggest whatever team he ends up on, those reporters in the opening press conference, ask him about lacrosse in the first couple of questions to loosen him up a little bit and get him in a good mood before they hit him with questions. Because this will be the first time in a couple of decades, if he's with another team, he has an introductory press conference as the second oldest head coach in the NFL. Yes, senior lacrosse, Navy football, and then special teams. No, no, you could ask him anything about a punter or a kicker, and he'll talk for 10 straight minutes. Yeah, so I think you go with all of the tried-and-true Bill Belichick classics. Seeing young, charismatic Bill Belichick, by the way, in that Reggie yeah. White 30-for-30 30 30 yes. on ESPN was also a nice trip on that. So maybe they'll get some more of that youth movement mixed in there. Dad, as far as doing it against Kansas City this weekend, I know we just talked about Buffalo and the quality of their win against Kansas City and what that might might or might not mean at this point. I also want to make sure I don't go too far in blaspheming the Chiefs just because at this point, this might be what their offense is after you know week 14 expecting all the sudden big demonstrative changes in the way they go about their business probably isn't going to happen but the defense still stepped up and played really well when you look at what Legarius Sneed did last week to Stephon Diggs holding him to real lows on the season keeping Josh Allen under I believe 250 yards passing 
they still are built to party. They're going up against a uh, uh, Patriots offense that's one of the worst in the NFL. Yeah. But there is always a chance with Bill Belichick's defense that you could get them in a position to cover. The Chiefs have had eight games decided by one possession or fewer this season, including four of their last five. So it is possible, but I'm also not going to deal with that because I don't think it's probable. Kansas City is still light years better than this uh, Patriots team, even if they ran into a Bills landmine last week. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Kansas City's averaging 22 and a half points a game. If they get to their average, New England's not beating them. So uh, the, the defense, the New England defense is capable. They're a top eight defense, top three against the run, a little further against the pass. And we know Kansas City hasn't been what they've normally been on the offensive side of the ball. This could be a chance for the Kansas City defense to get right again, right? They were dominant and then they've slid off a little bit. And if you're not dominant against this, this really bad New England offense, you got issues. So this is a chance for that KC defense to just drop the absolute hammer on the offense, and it's all going to fall on the New England defense. If they can keep them in the teens, you know, to two scores, most likely 14, they may have a chance in this one. Do I give them a chance uh, as far as a pick? No, no, I, I, I do not. I mean, this is also going to be one of our first views of like a pissed off Patrick Mahomes. Like coming yeah, off yeah, last yeah. week, that's the first time I can remember seeing him forget just the outburst towards the officials in that game, palpable frustration. I can't imagine what the practice is like this week around Kansas City. And so I do think you're going to get their best foot forward for this week. And that's a dangerous combination for this version of the New England Patriots. So I think Kansas City goes ahead and runs away with that. Let's get to the L dad. This is one of, I think, the sneaky best matchups of the weekend, mostly because I want to see what the Baltimore Ravens do for an encore we've got Lawrence and Lamar going into this matchup in the AFC where you got the Jags trying to hold on to the one seed in their own division you've got the Ravens trying to keep pace with the one seed overall in the AFC right now dad I think this is a great opportunity for Baltimore to display some consistency and I think flex back a part of their game that didn't necessarily have to show up to win them against the Rams that rushing attack was not the star of the show in the second half and I think they got a real opportunity to make it the star again against this Jags team yeah I completely agree Jacksonville you know I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win that division we'll see it's getting it's getting tough but I think they will but for them that that's not the key the key is taking a next step forward it was always we're going to get to the playoffs and how far can we go for baltimore now that weight of the number one seed right where it's been kansas city forever winning the division having the number one seed patrick Mahomes never having to go on the road for the playoffs now it's baltimore it's there for them right it's right there for them can they come through? They haven't been able to come through when they got into the playoffs, sometimes with Lamar, sometimes without Lamar. This, I think, is one of their best chances because I do think they're the most complete team in the AFC right now, the way they're playing. So, I, but, but the pressure, I think, is building on them. They are the team right now, and they can stay the team. Can they hold that course? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Their defense also is what's going to give them a great chance here. When you look yep. at Jacksonville this season, 0-3 against some of the other top defenses mm. in the league. The loss to Cleveland, obviously, most recently. But San Francisco, Kansas City, they have not fared well. They failed to crack 300 yards of offense in any of those games. And this Baltimore defense that, Dad, if you can say one thing coming off last week that was maybe a bit of a negative for Baltimore is they got punched in the mouth a little bit up front by that Los Angeles Rams front. 
when you yeah. looked at their old yeah. line and Kyron Williams, they were able to carve out a really strong living in the run game there. And so for Jacksonville, maybe that's something that you try and lean into in this one. But I, I don't know. I just look at the Jags defense, Dad. That's been the most stunning part of the last couple of weeks for me. You allowed a Bengals team that was second to last in the NFL in rush yards per game to go for 150 in that game and then gave up 91 yards and two touchdowns last week to the Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku. When I think of a team that I wouldn't want to face after giving up a ton of yards on the ground and giving up a bunch of yards to tight ends, it's probably the Baltimore Ravens who have been far and away the best rushing team in football. And since the Mark Andrews injury, when you look at Isaiah Likely and what he's done in the last two games 13 catches 123 yards and a touchdown the bulk of his production coming as they still use a lot of two tight end sets with him as now the main featured player in that room yeah i i i just think they're they, they have it going right now I, I i like what they're doing i like the direction they're going i actually think they'll hang on to the number one seed maybe not so much because of what they do but a lot because of what they do but because of what the rest of the conference has kind of turned into nobody else has really stepped up to take control of that they've had their chance Miami we thought was there Kansas City we thought has come back to do what they do never do we think anybody in the south like Jacksonville was going to take charge there but the other teams that we thought could take charge just haven't So let's get to I now as we surge forward here on the preview. Is there a chance? Teams currently out of the playoff structure that have the best chance to get back in. Dad, you heard me say it before. I am all in on Rams propaganda at this point in time here. I think this team, when healthy, especially offensively, is one of the most potent units in the NFL. We've seen now, especially because they are much more solid along the offensive line this year. And I know they got a little dinged up in that last game, but it did not affect them all that much. I'm excited to see them. I think going forward, uh, schedule-wise, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I remember looking the other day. They've got... it's manageable enough until the end of the season. They play the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, and then they finish up on the road at the 49ers. But you mentioned it earlier when we talk about the teams in the one-seed race. Niners could have it locked up at that point. Who knows who's playing in that late-season matchup? And even if they are playing, the 49ers and Rams played a real close one at the beginning of the season. That was one of the games that made me believe they could be a playoff team back then. It will be interesting with them because one of the, right now in the seventh slot is Green Bay. The Rams are in the eighth slot. And the Packers beat the Rams, so they have the head-to-head uh, as the tiebreaker there. So that's a hurdle they're going to have to get over. For me, Mike, it's Denver. Uh, I think it's the Broncos right now on the outside looking in. The Broncos uh, are sitting in the, what, the ninth slot. And I think their competition is going to be the Bills, who are sitting in the 11th slot right now. The 10th slot is Cincinnati. I just don't think it's going to happen there. And the same thing I just said about the Rams, I'll say, you know, about the, the Denver and Buffalo. Denver beat Buffalo in the regular season. So they have the tiebreaker there, you know, should a tie for the wild card. And Denver's remaining schedule is Detroit, the game I'm looking forward to doing this week. New England, the Chargers, and Vegas. So it is definitely there for the Broncos to jump into the playoffs because I still think Pittsburgh's going to be the team that falls out. That Broncos team, man, Sean Payton, coach of the year, will keep beating the drum uh, as they keep going and ticking off wins here. Let's finish this off with the C as we get to Emerson, a look at Justin Jefferson, who will be on the field against the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. Yeah, indeed, and he had a few words to say about his playing status against Cincinnati. Uh, I definitely broke down uh, a little bit after they told me that I wasn't going to be able to go back into the game. Um, 
I mean, this this season has been tough for me, you know, just with the hamstring injury. Uh, and then now with this, exiting the game early. Uh, so it's, it's been tough, but, uh, you know, God got me. I'm blessed to be in this situation. So I just got to keep going, keep doing what I need to do. And, uh, you know, hopefully Saturday is uh, I can give what everybody is expecting. All right, if Jefferson can stay healthy here, Gojo, like does that dynamic duo of uh, Jet and Nick Mullins, is that enough to spark this Vikings offense here? Boy, I just don't know if it moves the needle enough for me. Like, Dad, looking at the Bengals on the other side here. Now, they've made a lot of their living being able to turn people over. They're number two yeah. in the NFL in turnover margin this season. And they've helped shut down some dynamic run games. But that's not what's going to win you football games against the Vikings. And certainly the Vikings defense, good enough to hold their own. But, Dad, on your fourth quarterback of the year, I just don't know how much I can reasonably expect from that offense. Well, that's what we don't know, right? We've seen quarterbacks come in and play great you know, and then level off or play great for a few games or lead their team well like a Tommy DeVito uh, or start out great like a Josh Dobbs and then fall off to now being third team. So I don't know what direction to go. All I know is the defense has to step more in place of this and Justin Jefferson needs to be a big part of it. As remember, Minnesota's in the sixth slot right now and they play all division games after this game. They play the Lions twice and Green Bay won, so it is there for them. There is no doubt about it. I think they get it done against Cincinnati. Yeah, I've got my concerns. I think Jake Browning is getting comfortable on the sticks right now. I think you saw in the last couple games especially, big-time screen team, which could be huge for you against all this Minnesota Vikings pressure coming your way, and Vikings a little banged up on the offensive line. No Brian O'Neill out at right tackle, who's been a great player for them on one of the more underrated groups in football. So I'll take the Cincinnati Bengals to keep it rolling and keep their playoff hopes alive. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the student becoming the teacher in the NFL Sunday next. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Ahead of, ahead of this weekend, lots and lots of talk about this Dan Campbell, Sean Payton connection before their teams collide here, guys. So Payton's 
known Dan Campbell for the better part, I'm reading here, 25 years, that would be a quarter of a century, and has watched and aided as Campbell went from third-round draft pick to longtime player to young assistant coach to becoming the top trusted lieutenant to now one of the most respected head coaches in the league. Here is Dan Campbell on his connection, on his friendship, his relationship with Sean Payton. It means we better be on our stuff because he's going to come here to try to embarrass us. That's what it means. And uh, and so that's our motivation. That's my motivation. And it's about winning, man. All we got to do is find a way to win. And uh, we're going to have to be at our best. And we will be at our best. Yeah, Campbell uh, saying earlier this week, he knows he's going to get the best from Peyton, his longtime friend, and also that Broncos team, Gojo. Yeah, Dad, this is the game you're calling right now. And you yeah. said this was number one on your line item was the student becoming the teacher this weekend and one of the Saturday games, which I'm pumped about in general. Yeah, Saturday night games. I'm very, very excited oh. about that. Remember, Campbell played for uh, for Sean Payton when mm -hmm. he was with the Giants and the Cowboys. Now, Payton was the OC there, but Campbell was a, was a player on that team and then uh, also played under him as, when he was a head coach of the Saints. And, and Sean Payton had talked about after Dan finished playing, trying to get Dan on his coaching staff, and he finally did. Uh, he, you know, he coached, uh, so he got Dan on his staff. Also, Aaron Glenn played uh, as a player uh, for Sean Payton as well, and then was on that staff as well. So Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions right now. So, yeah, Dan Campbell, nothing, nothing in, in getting all the material for this week and looking at pressers and stuff, just nothing but the highest regard for Sean Payton and that long relationship. And that's what you see in the NFL is, is the coaching circle that goes on. Where does the relationship start? Where coaches coaching against one another, sometimes they were assistants, you know, two decades ago at a certain place and they, they kept the relationship going. In this case, it was player and coach and then coach, uh, you know, underneath the head coach. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great friendship as they get together until the kickoff. And then, listen, Denver is playing great right now. Their defense is playing off the rails right now. And Detroit, we can't kind of – they're struggling some. And, and let's look – you know, Goff has been one that has been struggling, especially under pressure. Mike, we just had our buddy Mina Kimes on talking about he's the worst in the NFL under pressure, where Dak, when I just did the, the Philly-Dallas game, Dak had been the only quarterback completing over 60% of his passes under pressure. You know, Jared Goff is not doing that. So that's going to be the story for Denver, which loves the, you know, you call them exotics, call them whatever you want. In, in this day and age of defense is putting a lot of people up at the line to try and confuse the offensive lineman. I'm not going to sit there and use the big words that we all know on defense, but that's what they do. I mean, we, I, you know, you hear analysts sometimes talking about all different coverages and this and that. you don't know Let's the big keep words? A, let, let's no, I know the big words, but let's keep it simple, shall we? Uh, they put a lot of guys at the line moving around, and the offensive line isn't sure which four at times, or maybe five, are coming or where they're coming from. And it's a confusion technique to try and get a free rusher, and that's been working well for Denver. Denver, just in general, their defensive personnel and some of the guys they've gotten production out of late in the season along this defensive front here, 
and especially like sub packages rushing guys there Jonathan Cooper Zach Allen Baron Browning like these dudes have shown up big time for them down the stretch of the season and they're going up against a Lions offensive line that's been a little bit banged up that right guard spot's been a tough spot for them in certain matchups and then dead defensively for Detroit the Broncos rushing attack has certainly been heavily featured if not always the most productive but Javante Williams a big strong back and this Detroit D-line without Aleem McNeil a D-tackle for them in the middle has really kind of changed some of the math there this is a group that outside of Aiden Hutchinson's really struggled to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks in recent weeks and so those are all things I worry about with them too we know the defense has been an issue but now that the offense is starting to catch up there you might just be hitting this Broncos team at the wrong time for them so lots to worry about for them there but should be a really compelling matchup this is still a Detroit Lions team that I think is a playoff team and they're getting to the point now dad important stretch of the season where they're going to be playing the rest of their season indoors right now all these games for detroit are going to be games where i believe or uh are they at home this week yeah detroit detroit? is yeah yeah i'm going to they're at home this week so i believe i saw last week was their last outdoor game until they get to the postseason so at the very least they're going to be on tracks that are a little bit more accommodating to them uh not as accommodating Former Steelers great Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who had some Mm. very spicy comments out there. Emerson, for for the current state of this Pittsburgh Steelers franchise, he really put on the old player hater hat and let them have it here. He really did. This game will also be indoors for those interested. They're at the Colts. Steelers are tomorrow at uh, 4.30. So Ben Roethlisberger, I think you guys know this. Everyone watching probably knows this. He's been no stranger to criticizing his longtime team in retirement and kind of went in on him after that Thursday night loss last week to New England on his podcast. But I just feel like people aren't afraid to play the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. Not this year. Um, Maybe not. For, for whatever, you know, whatever that is. Maybe the, the, the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is, 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 is done. Maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way. I don't know. Well, there's your headline, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it, uh, it really has become the headline, yeah. though. And, like, part of it is he's blaming coaching for killing this Steelers tradition, Gojo. I do appreciate that in a day and age where we see so many former players now starting podcasts, we obviously yep. just talked about Cam yep. Newton sound from his labeling a bunch of quarterbacks, game managers. A lot of them do, like, just big overarching takes. I feel like every time Ben Roethlisberger's podcast gets talked about, it's just because he's talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, Ben Roethlisberger has truly zagged and gone to the heart of podcasting and gone hyper-local with a lot of his analysis and criticism with the team that he well knows there. And, Dad, yeah, it kind of did seem like he was taking shots at Mike Tomlin and what he's allowed this team to become and really the offense, basically looking around and saying, where are the leaders on this offense? Who's the one that's going to hold them accountable for that side of the football there like does Ben Roethlisberger want to coach in Pittsburgh is there something we don't know about his future you know that there it's it's you've hit it just a time in Pittsburgh where you really don't have that veteran leadership especially on the offensive side right who you're looking at who's who's the guy you know you got a young quarterback you got a young wide receiver you got a young running back you know I remember you're it used to be guys on the old line you know that when they had just such a stud old line but that's that's gone by the wayside as well so I'm not sure where Ben is going here. We're just at a point where you had, I think, a bad relationship between quarterback and offensive coordinator, and that coordinator was gone in Matt Canada. So you're kind of reassessing there. But as far as the different personalities, it's the same coach. 
It's the same coach who, by the way, for 18 years has never been below 500. It's the same coach who's been as respected as can be by anybody out there. You know, is he saying maybe the time is up there? Is that his way of saying that? Because as long as Tomlin is there, that his attitude to the Steeler attitude and way of thinking is going to be there. That's not going to change. So I'm not really sure where Ben was, which isn't the first time, not really sure knowing where Ben was going with it. Yeah, I I think it's, I don't know, I get sort of, Meh, about this stuff from former players where we just do yeah. a lot of like yeah. well it's not the way it was anymore well no right. bleep because you're not there no, like not. they haven't figured out your replacement yep. and part of that was ben roethlisberger ended up hanging around a little bit too long and the last few seasons where he was under center a lot less than his normal self physically were an abject disaster and when you don't stick the dismount on your star quarterback on the back end it can set right. franchises back a little bit and that's the point the pittsburgh steelers are at right now it's in large part because yeah for so long they enjoyed the wealth of having a future hall of fame caliber quarterback under center for them and the difference that affords and they're going through the growing pains on the other side of that i don't know if anyone's ever questioned mike tomlin's leadership you can maybe say the offensive coordinator hire wasn't inspired and set them back a little bit but i i don't know i'm going to be the last one leaving the party turning the lights off on mike tomlin and the pittsburgh steelers this seems a little aggressive could, could not agree more, but you're right, Mike, in the guise of former players going back and kind of dumping on their old team because it wasn't like the way it was is a little ridiculous. Especially with Ben Roethlisberger, where I think he said at some point in this, he's like, I wasn't even one of the leaders on offense. He talked about other guys there. It's like, all right, well, then if you weren't one of the ones doing it, why are we talking about it? I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger got pretty spicy. Coming up next, we will too. Stick with us. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Before we get to our Campbell's Chunky Spicy Picks of the Week, which I am very excited about here and am definitely going to nail this week. It's been a work in progress and <laughs> getting there, but I'm feeling good about this week. I, I did want to put a, a, a bow on the Ben Roethlisberger conversation, Dad, because I, I wanted to kind of check myself and, and make sure we weren't bordering on something that we've seen happen and watch happen with Cam Newton the other day. And I saw Cam post a response about this on his podcast to a lot of the criticism that started to get aimed at Cam Newton when he brought up this idea 
idea of game managers right. and game and game breakers and the quarterbacks in the NFL that he was discussing here. Like Ben Roethlisberger is entitled to his opinion about the Pittsburgh Steelers as a yep. guy who has been an integral part of that franchise. He swapped a lot of paint for a lot of years and understands the standard around that building. And I can understand why it means enough to him where you're always going to be a little bit more critical. Lord knows you and I both as Notre Dame football alums, I'm always going to be harder on them in certain situations right. than I think others are because I love that place because I appreciate that place because it was important to me the way it is important to Ben so even if I do disagree with Ben's assessment of it in terms of maybe Mike Tomlin's role he is what he offered up there as an opinion was not super far off where he said maybe that old Pittsburgh Steelers mentality of everyone being afraid to them is gone and maybe it needs to be reformed new here like you're always kind of changing identities it's always going to be a different team in a different time here so right. it might not be the most far-fetched thing in the world but it did feel like it was a bit of a slight to Mike Tomlin and that current regime there who are deserving of criticism in certain ways there is no doubt but I, I think I'm protective of Mike Tomlin for all the reasons that we I think all can kind of be publicly because of what he's been in the NFL for so long the biggest change you can make on a team is a quarterback, right? And you look at two teams as of late who have gone from guys who are going in the Hall of Fame, and Ben's going to go in the Hall of Fame someday, is even though his last you know, bit there wasn't very good, to restarting over again. Look at New England. You know, they had the, the GOAT. And when he left, uh, they kind of are starting over there. So you're starting over at the toughest position. And they've missed in New England. And they're still hoping they've hit in Pittsburgh. So that has a lot to do with it because you have some, obviously some veterans, right? Uh, especially on that defense side. We talk about leaders. I was talking more about the offense. Who was it there? Defense, you have some sure fire leaders there, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. With TJ Watt and, uh, and Cam uh, Hayward. Uh, Cam, Cam Hayward as well. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't worry about that side of the ball. And every now and then there's just an influx of new talent that has to kind of catch up to what it was. But we were used to what Pittsburgh was for so long with such excellent talent. There, At times, there's going to be a turnover in it. And when there's a turnover in it, I'd rather look at it that way and say, okay, they're readjusting to their new form here as opposed to saying, well, they've lost the Pittsburgh Steeler way. Nobody's scared of them anymore. I mean, every team at some point goes through a bit of a transition. And team's right. Teams are not afraid to play the Pittsburgh Steelers no, right now on offense. He's right. You certainly have that healthy fear for the defense, but he's absolutely right. There is nobody to hold them accountable on offense right now. I do think in this, he's sort of underrating his own importance to that franchise for a long time and just how difficult it is. I think we've seen, you're right, at a lot of these premier franchises that have enjoyed this longstanding success. We always talk about this with the Green Bay Packers. They have no idea how hard it is to actually find a quarterback because they right. went two straight Hall of Famers and now with Jordan Love, they seem to have hit on another guy who at least seems like he can be a productive NFL starter as the floor and then the ceiling we still get to explore. And so for a lot of these franchises that have been haves for so long in certain areas or have enjoyed consistency in the pillars of their organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers had, I think they underrate how difficult it is to live like the other half when all of a sudden you miss on one of those or you have a couple of things and a lot of things really like the Steelers did offensively. You mentioned right, right. the offensive line as an identity. So many of their key pieces changed all at once when Ben left. So didn't want to venture and border on to disrespect because again, Ben's done a lot for the, the team in Pittsburgh. Right. but it is a time of transition that that franchise and a lot of franchises like them and like teams that had QBs like him 
haven't had to deal with much lately. All right, let's get spicy, Emerson. What do we got here? Emerson, uh -oh. we cannot hear you. We cannot hear you, Emerson. Uh, did you go to the bathroom and turn off your mic pack? No, oh, my mic's boy. been on. My mic Emerson. has been on. I have no idea what you're talking about. First the shoes, now the bathroom trip. What are you doing? Adult, wow, dude, wow. No, this, uh, this aggression will not stand, man. The point I was trying to make is it's a key wildcard battle tomorrow, okay? I'm trying to sound smart. Steelers 60, Colts 7. But yes, we got to focus. We're shifting into soup mode right now. Time for this week's Chunky Spicy Picks, presented by Campbell's Chunky Soup that eats like a meal. So you need to head over to the DraftKings.com slash Chunky to play in this Sunday's free-to-play prediction pool for your shot at a bite of 5K in prizes. Let's go, Gojo. Start us off. Get spicy, please. All right. I like this. DraftKings.com slash Chunky. That's a domain name after my own heart right there. Uh, Dad, my spicy pick for this weekend. <clears throat> Love this player. Love what he's been doing. You talked about the Denver Broncos before and the streak that they've been on here and the way they've been playing lately. One guy that I think has been a huge part of that, because the Broncos, this team, they want to play close to the vest. They want to play compelling defense. They want to, you know, as Mina Kimes once famously said, let Russ make snacks, not let Russ full-blown cook. The one place he's been cooking is with Cortland Sutton as his sous chef right now. Denver's won six of their last seven games. In six of their last seven games, Cortland Sutton has at least one reception of 30 or more yards in those games. He's gone for over 50-plus yards receiving in each of their last five games right now. And as they get ready to face a Detroit Lions team that's 29th in drop-back success rate, I'm going to say the over-under 53.5 yards for Cortland Sutton this week. Cash in on the over on that one. I'm expecting more big plays. They're good for one a game where he can get the bulk of his yardage when they load up, they use all that running with Javante Williams to get Russell Wilson, who's been great at buying time in the pocket and is going to go up against the Detroit Lions pass rush that hasn't been getting home. I like the deep shot on play here. Cortland Sutton's been a machine. Yeah, he has. He's one of only three players in the NFL to have at least 600 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. So nice grouping there to be in the top three of that. I like that pick. I like what he's doing. Great complimentary play to what the defense. Again, this defense since week six is six and one and have been given up, I think, about 16 points a game. They've been absolutely on fire. So the team working very well hand in hand. My spicy player. Uh, I'm going to go to a tight end and a tight end who didn't start the season, but a tight end who uh, is going to be counted on right now. And that's Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore yep. Ravens. So Mark Andrews had been the man for so many years, gets hurt uh, a couple of games ago against Cincinnati. Uh, so he's been out for two games. Isaiah Likely started for two games going in to those two games that Isaiah Likely has started. He had nine total uh, receptions for the rest of the season. In these last two games, the last game, seven targets, five receptions, and a touchdown in a win. Game before that, six targets, four receptions in a win. So he's had nine receptions in the last two games as opposed to nine in the entire season. And somebody needed to pick up the slack, obviously, where Andrews is gone. He's not... He's not Mark Andrews, but he's becoming a reliable option for Lamar Jackson to go along with Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. to have that tight end because this had been such a tight end-centric offense with Andrews. And remember, they would have two, three tight ends on the field at times. Likely is stepping up and becoming a very nice option for Lamar Jackson. So I look for him to continue that. 
I loved Isaiah Likely coming out of college, a proud Coastal Carolina, Sean yes. Clear. And he's kind of gotten to be more of that, you know, H tight end, the guy off the ball, more of a pass catcher. He's a little bit lighter in the ass than a lot of these yes. guys. Going along with Mark Andrews, I have so enjoyed because the Baltimore Ravens, we were wondering, would they go to more wide, multiple wide receiver sets? Would they get more of those guys on the field? They've still done a lot of two tight end sets. And watching Isaiah Likely get escorted around the formation by Patrick Ricard has been a joy. Pat Ricard is one of my favorite players yeah. in the NFL, an absolute rhino in that tight end room. And so them as the odd couple moving around formation together is wonderful. Yeah, the 300-pound H-back who occasionally they throw the ball. It's like throwing some food, you know, into the, to the lion's cage just you to feed the bigs. But Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but you're right about likely. He's like a big wide receiver. He's 6'4", he's 235. You know, he's not that 255, 265-pound tight end. You know, he'll wall you on a block. He's not going to blow you off the line. But mainly, he's going to be that receiver that you can split out as well. So uh, I think he stepped in nicely given his opportunity now. He's been uh, incredible. He's uh, a fun player to watch in a Baltimore offense that maybe they found something in the second half of that game last week and can consistently start to put it on tape from here on out. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Time to finish off the show and the week the way we always do. Uh, this, that, and the third. Three quick stories. They'll send you off into the weekend. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating. And you can try and check us out live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Tell a friend. Remind them that they can catch us live on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel that you should go subscribe to, as well as Samsung TV Plus and Roku. But if you miss any of it, like our great guest, Brandon Stevens, the cornerback for the Ravens who joined us today, you can get that wherever you get your podcast or right available on the DraftKings YouTube channel under the Gojo and Golik playlist right after our show's done each and every day. We're going to get to a bull on the loose and a bunch of people in Idaho making a mistake <laughs> after we class up the joint a little bit because Emerson hasn't been wearing socks or shoes today. He's wolfing yeah, around the studio there. He needs help. And thankfully, I our do. friends at Wrangler, who we are brought to you by, are going to help him out with jean shirts and jackets made for the ride of life. You can be ready for cooler days and longer nights and styles that are going to keep you warm and comfortable while also moving, looking great, and feeling great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere emerson can wear them at work he can wear them out at night going and playing a pickup game with his friends with a pocket hot dog <laughs> or at home watching the game on tv they're that comfortable they're that durable and there's a wrangler shirt for every occasion i am wearing one right now there's casual tees like this that are incredibly comfortable incredibly breathable you got the snap and button ups you can layer them together for a little bit of both and Make sure you don't forget the iconic Wrangler jackets. When the yeah. weather starts to chill and you got to head outside, Emerson Wrangler is going to keep you ready for anything. So add some Wrangler to your getup. I was just going to say jackets that look great, fit great and move great. So you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. And you can save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code Gojo 15 Wrangler for the ride of life. Guys, let's get to this. The ride of life in Idaho apparently was to go and sit and wait at an In-N-Out burger. Idaho got their first In-N-Out burger store in the state, and the visuals from this were horrifying. 
people spending upwards of eight hours in line waiting for in and out burger guys we've all been to them i live on the west coast now dad you guys live in arizona we used to yeah. get this all the time as kids in scottsdale when i was at notre dame and we would go play road games out on the road at usc or stanford we'd always send gas to go out there and get some for us at night in the hotel i loved it but nothing on earth is worth waiting in a line for this long and certainly not in and out burger that as i've gone on in my life i've realized is pretty overrated in terms of the hype it receives relative to scenes like that um and, and we disagree a bit on that i love an in and out burger maybe from the hype it gets i get what you're saying might be a little overrated but i love the burger there is nothing outside of anything in my immediate family that I would have to wait for something, would I wait in line for eight hours? Not food, not a concert, not, not, not anything. The, my thought would be, uh, especially if there were kids involved and you're taking kids there, you know what? Oh. This place is going to be open next week. Yeah. And they'll be serving the same burgers they're serving now. So we're going to wait until there's not an eight-hour wait. Emerson, nothing, nothing, nothing outside of immediate family am I waiting it. eight hours for. Nope, and if my kids, if I had kids were like, I really want to go, I'd be like, dude, it doesn't open until like next week. There is nothing yeah. in the world. Even if my kid was like, it's the only thing I want in life, I'd say, that's too bad, you're going to wait another week. This is ridiculous. I, well, just like, just lie to your kids. Yes. Like, that's the one thing I've Love seen it. through my friends who are parents is they've gotten really good at selectively lying to their kids. Like I know yeah. friends that tell their kids that the characters on their favorite show that they want to watch are sleeping right now. So just tell them the burgers are sleeping. Yeah. The cows didn't come home because no one should be, what lines are one of my biggest hangups in life. Like I go oh. to the airport all the time and yeah. I see people waiting in these long ass lines at Starbucks or Dunkin'. I'm like, you can get coffee down the street here for yeah. much for either the same price and much less line or just don't go it for like, i'll forego something i need in the airport over waiting in a line that's yeah. over 10 people long at any juncture i love taking pictures at the airport of lines and sending them to mike because i know he hates it so much but yeah uh lie to your kid about it if you have to and anybody that says oh my god that's awful show me a parent who hasn't lied to your kid and i'll show you a liar yeah absolutely my <laughs> sister ahead. lies to her kids all the time i all lie, the time. I lie to the them 100 yeah. if you're not lying to your kids you're not parenting right if you go to the Wendy's down the street in Idaho, you're going to get a burger that's at least comparable. I know some people might think that's slanderous, but I think it's true. Wendy's slings a really rock-solid burger, and you don't got to wait in some eight-hour drive-through yep. line to get it. You're going to get a square deal, and you can get a Frosty there, which, spoiler alert, is better than any of the milkshakes that you're going to get in an In-N-Out burger. That I will stand on. The milkshake there is overrated. I rest my case. Let's get to that, guys. Uh, Emerson, big news in the yeah. Premier League here is we got a first coming up out there. Yeah, people waiting eight hours in line for a burger. We got to wait eight more days here to see the first female referee take charge of an English Premier League match. That's Rebecca Welch. She will officiate Fulham's clash with Burnley on December 23rd. Just the latest landmark for this young lady as well, Gojo. An experienced referee. She made history in November as the first woman to be appointed a fourth official in the Premier League when she helped officiate Manchester United's victory over Fulham. Should, shouldn't we be past this at, at this point? Yeah, no, no. I mean, yep, 100%. I, I mean we, we've got women referees in the NFL, in the NBA, and, and also Sam Allison in uh, for Premier League will become the first black referee in 15 years in a December 26 match. I mean, what? I, I, 
Now, again, I don't know all the reasoning behind it. If there not been any other African-Americans that are referees, I highly doubt that. But now all of a sudden it's been 15 years since one has become a referee here in the Premier League. I mean, it seems ridiculous and it seems like we should be past it. But every now and then you watch the world news and you see, no, we're not past a lot of this stuff. And you watch specifically some things that tend to go on in that sport in particular, and it yes. does not always seem like the most accommodating exactly or right. places for women or people of color. So yep. you can understand why, especially, I mean, we think officials get it bad over here. Like every once in oh a while, you got to get barked at by, you know, you get to you get to throw out Nikola Jokic over here for saying the F word at you. You got to hope people aren't going to burn down your house over it's, there. It's almost like, you know, we're saying, why should it even be an issue? It's almost like, why would Rebecca or Sam want to do this, knowing how this sport can be toward, again, gender or color at times? That, man, it's been like, you obviously love to do it, and congrats for them for doing it, and let's hope it all goes smoothly. I mean, in general, when we talk about officiating, it's like being the president where I'm amazed anybody wants to sign up for this job, yep. given what it entails now. Like, I don't know what the pay is, but can it be worth the unbelievable scrutiny, people knowing your name and vilifying you for everything that goes on? I mean, I'm surprised, and I know some leagues are dealing with it now, but I'm surprised there aren't more leagues with officiating problems in this day and age because the juice doesn't seem worth the squeeze. At least in those, they're getting, again, we don't know what they're getting paid, but they're getting paid, Right. Where, where it's getting awful is high school and Little League getting officials because they get paid, what, about a buck a game. I mean, I know your brother Jake in Boston, they talk about high school football games. They have to shift the day and the time because referees have to double up on games because there's a shortage of referees because those yeah. guys are barely making any money and they're getting torched by everybody in the world. It's, you're right. It's like, why in the hell would you subject yourself to it for five bucks a game? I'm not sure, uh, but again, we're thankful for the people that do because it yes, the engine yeah, that yeah. we are all watching That's going. That's why you got to give them pocket uh, hot dogs. Speaking oh. of engines, Emerson, let's get to a bull loose on the tracks in Newark. What the hell was going on all in right. New Jersey? So like morning commuters, right? They're used to the occasional or sometimes frequent delay on their daily routes, whether it's like a mechanical issue, weather related or just pure volume. But yeah, train riders Thursday in New Jersey could blame their late arrivals on something more unusual. That's a loose bull. All right. This is Ricardo the Bull. By noon, he was taken into custody, and I just found this out like two minutes ago. Here's the best part. He woke up after he was taken into custody at an animal sanctuary after escaping the slaughterhouse, like in a mad dash down these New Jersey train tracks. So now, because he decided to be the brave bull and run off, he is now at an animal sanctuary, and he will not be the burger you have at In-N-Out after you wait eight hours for it. Let's go! Yeah. Wow! My brother, he Shawshanked it! He Shawshanked his way out of there! Climbing through a mile of crap. What what an awesome story that is. Oh, man. I hope he has a long, wonderful life in the sanctuary. Yeah, I do, too, because I was very worried that video was going to end with him getting smoked by a train when I saw it yesterday. So, thank Thankfully, everything prevailed, and now he gets to live a long and illustrious life. We hope you do, too. Hell yeah, Ricardo. Take some time out of that life to download, (laughs) subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.